0: Welcome to Treasury Talks, a Euromoney series to explore all things new, interesting and innovative in corporate treasury. Over the course of this series, we've been talking to experts from BNP Paribas on a range of topics from digital innovation in payments, cash and liquidity management, and trade and supply chain finance to bank fintech collaborations and cybersecurity. In this fifth and final episode, we're speaking to Axel Vigo-Lovie, Ahmed Benrazi, and Nicolas Bouvier on the important area of ESG, or environmental, social, and governance, in cash management, trade, and the broader transaction services business. Axel, Ahmed, Nicola, great to have you with us. Thanks very much for joining. Now let's start with some quick introductions. Ahmed, why don't you kick us off with that?
1: Yeah, thank you, Duncan. Very delighted and honored to be in this podcast. I am actually head of a strategic advisory at the Trade Finance Competence Center here in Ben-Pipaiba, based in Paris. Uh, The Trade Finance Competence Center role is to provide expert support and advisory, including on sustainability topics, to our trade finance teams across the network. So personally, I've been in, in the banking industry for more than 18 years and in the trade finance space for a decade now.
0: Fantastic, thank you. Axel, how about you? What's your role and responsibility at BNP Paribas?
2: Yeah, Uh, hello to all. Uh, So I am um, head of sales team, cash management sales team, in charge of uh, large B2B corporates uh, globally, but uh, our corporates are European. And I'm also in charge of sustainability for the cash management department. My role uh, is really to promote sustainability and embed sustainability uh, in what we
0: do. Thanks, Axel. And Nicola, how about you?
3: Hi, Duncan. N- nice to speak with you. Um, so I'm uh, heading uh, sustainability for transaction banking in EMEA for BNP Paiba. uh And my role is, is quite simple, actually. Uh, it is to focus uh, on supporting the sustainability transformation of our corporate clients who uh, are existing transaction banking product, but also Uh, through new products to be developed along with with our clients.
0: Fantastic. Thanks all. So now we're all introduced, let's start to talk about ESG in the business. Now, as a focus area, ESG has become so important in the global finance industry, reflecting the importance of these issues to broader society. But how should we understand ESG in the context of corporate treasury? How are corporate treasurers thinking about and seeking to engage in ESG issues? And also, how is the banking and finance industry responding to this? Ahmed, why don't I come to you with that? What's, what's your thoughts on that question? Yeah,
1: great question, Duncan. Uh, what I would say is that, uh, first, ESG has become so important, not only to the finance industry, but obviously all actors have a key role to play from governments, regulators, to corporates, financial institutions, and ultimately, end customers. So here, I will probably uh, focus on the context of ESG on the corporate side, and probably I will let Nicola address the finance industry one. So from a corporate standpoint, when we talk about sustainability and ESG, uh, we are engaging with a topic of a crucial importance which is impacting the corporate strategies and their business models as well. Just take as an example the major changes we have all observed in the automotive or the power generation industries. So now when it comes to corporate treasurers, clearly they are at the crossroads of their own organization's priorities, and they have indeed a vital role to play in many ESG streams. Even if we know that they're not necessarily the torch-bearers in this issue. So, what do we see? Clearly, the Treasury Department is increasingly associated to ESG journey of their companies. And corporate treasurers work hand-in-hand, not only with other departments, such as sustainability, business development, procurement teams, for instance, but they also engage with external parties like their own peers, uh, ESG advisors, fintech, and mainly their financial and banking partners. So, also what we see is that the corporate treasurer agenda is affected with regulatory expectation, especially on the non-financial disclosure. Take, for instance, the EU taxonomy and the corporate disclosure regulation in Europe. Treasurers are fully aware that those transparency exercises are here to stay and they have put a lot of energy on ESG data data sourcing gathering crunching and they try to make sense around it so naturally treasurers wish to minimize their exposure to ESG risk as to not negatively impact their financing opportunities and at the same time they want to bring an upside to their company's reputation and access to finance at the best conditions possible i would probably let nicola dive on the
3: financial side. Thank you, Ahmed. I would say first to, to, to give a few words around the financial industry perspective. I mean, first, um, FI should have really a client-centric approach as much as possible. So everything that Ahmed described is extremely important for from, from a bank perspective. Um, then I think the, the key point to me is that financial institutions uh, are looking at sustainability both as a risk as a source of opportunities. Um, So first, if we focus on on the risk aspect, uh, today ESG are key risk uh, to integrate to to the FI business model. Uh, Some of the risks are extension of traditional risks that the bank is used to analyze. Uh, To take an example, a bank is used to manage credit risk. Uh, It's part of the BAU. We now need to integrate our ESG are impacting the credit risk of the corporate. It can be the viability of the business model, it can be the risk or loss. But now, FI also need to incorporate new types of risk which are really directly related to sustainability. Uh, the extreme weather events of this summer are a good illustration of what FI we need to better integrate in their risk models. Uh, so, this new risk can be physical risk, uh, it can be transition risk, it can also be reputation risk. Uh, clearly, uh, as an ambitious bank on sustainability, we want away from from greenwashing so the risk element is quite is quite important for for the FI. but beyond this risk aspect sustainability is of course uh, a source of opportunity um, at the end of the day uh, the objective of the bank will be to transform their portfolio over time uh, at bnp Paribas, for instance uh, in our journey towards net zero uh, we decided to fix short-term targets with the 2025 horizon, uh, as of now on the three highest emitting sectors, uh, electricity generation, oil and gas, and automotive. Uh, and to give a concrete example, uh, we are committed to reduce the CO2 intensity of our power financing portfolio by 30% in 2025 compared to 2022. So, if the financial institution uh, want to be able to transform their portfolio they need to be in the position to accompany uh, the sustainability transformation of their corporate clients. And clearly uh, the bank have started this journey uh, with bonds, uh, with loans, uh, but now really need to go beyond this a plain vanilla financing i would say and establish a strategic partnership with clients uh, around sustainability uh, and clearly beyond the the standard load financing uh, a bank should be able to support a corporate through uh, through leasing through real estate through esg rating advisory Trade finance solution, of course, so there is a vast range of solutions available to support sustainability for, for our corporate clients, uh, which can cover CAPEX, OPEX, uh, as well as the investment needs uh, th- that they would have. So qu- quite a, a wide spectrum, I would say, <laughs> of, uh, of discussion uh, with our corporate clients.
0: So, ESG considerations have become an increasing priority across corporate treasury, whether in payments, cash management, or in trade and supply chain finance. How is ESG being thought about in each of these areas, though? For instance, what does having a more sustainable supply chain look like? And does achieving that result in being able to obtain financing at more attractive levels?
1: Yeah, Duncan, like you mentioned and already uh, already mentioned by Nicola, not only companies tie their ESG journey to capital markets like bonds or loans, but we see that the scope of their uh, financial products is broadening also to the transaction banking space, including the supply chain one. And we know that if we add to the cash management and the trade finance, this is the very playground of the corporate treasure. So uh, from our side, you just have to see the increasing number of RFPs we are receiving on the deposit side on supply chain program and uh, trade finance uh, uh, projects involving sustainability criteria. One may ask, what are the the added benefits? Uh, There are actually multiple. I will probably mention some of those and also tackle the the supply chain one. So besides the obvious signaling uh, of ESG commitments to financial markets, uh, those uh, ESG-driven financial solutions uh, also allow our corporates in creating more financial incentives, not only to themselves, uh, but also to their suppliers when they focus on this specific real economy angle and uh, this value chain matters. So uh, I would say also that um, embedding sustainability tracking capabilities within uh, core transaction banking services can be highly effective uh, in improving uh, companies' performance on ESG metrics. Uh, Because, as you know, uh, uh, those supply chain transaction trade and payments, they they are by definition underlying driven. They are systematic and they recur frequently. So, they can bring added value not only on costs, but also on the ESG data access uh, with which is just a crucial point in our topic. I'll probably uh, let Nicola address more this, this question.
3: Yes, to, to, to add a few points to, to what uh, Ahmed said, um, if we zoom a little bit in the case on, on supply chain finance, is definitely uh, a very important tool in the context of sustainability. Um, back to what we do traditionally, uh, we are really here to help a supplier and a buyer on the commercial relationship. So typically, the client of the financial institution will be a large buyer uh, and will structure a program together to give access to their suppliers to a competitive source of financing. That really is the basis. Uh, and one of the benefits um, in challenging liquidity periods is to ensure that suppliers have adequate financial support and uh, importantly, that there is no disruption on the physical supply chain. So We have been using this traditional financial technique uh, to support the ESG objectives of large buyers. Uh, At BNP Paiba, we started um, some programs 10 years ago uh, under that basis in the garment industry. And the underlying idea is to give preferential rate of financing uh, to suppliers which are related uh, according to ESG standards. So the key here is really to give financial incentives, tools, for suppliers to invest towards trans- sustainability transformation. Um, and since then, uh, financial institutions have structured similar programs uh, across a vast range of industry. So, this approach is very important because uh, we see a real need to provide support to smaller suppliers uh, to make the sustainability journey successful.
0: It's really interesting to, to understand and hear uh, those, those examples of just how the application of uh, sustainable financing techniques in the area of supply chain finance are having benefits because uh, I mean obviously attractive financing is something that um, corporate treasurers would want to see. Presumably the hope is at some point that you know they won't need financial incentives in the future because you know they will pursue a more sustainable model um, under their own uh, desire to do so as opposed to you know necessarily being incentivized to do so financially, but that's a, a change which may happen in time. Um, Axel, from from your perspective, is there um, a, another um, you know example that you could offer from from your side, from from the cash side of the business?
2: We see more and more ESG elements uh, in our discussions with with clients. And for example, uh, following the same principle as the sustainability-linked loans, uh, we have been asked by some of our clients to include sustainability clauses, KPI-linked, in our contracts, in our cash management contracts. Mm -hmm. And we have applied the same principle of bonus-malus, based on environmental and societal KPIs in our contract. This has been included already in card acquiring contract as well as cash pooling contracts, for example. And another example I can give you also, Duncan, is the sustainability solutions in the liquidity management space um, with, you know, uh, sustainable deposits or green money market funds, and um, the principle is, is simple, is that we, we link our cash pooling, being physical or notional, to uh, sustainable deposits or money market funds. Um, and in the case of sustainable deposits, the support would be loans linked to uh, SDGs.
0: That's an important linkage to, to make. There's a lot of focus in the corporate sector on uh, SDGs. And you know, the more that that can be brought into the financial frameworks, the, the better because we'll therefore see some change. Now, corporate treasury is a complex area anyway. But when we start thinking about ESG in corporate treasury, we are adding a new layer of complexity uh, to the function and responsibilities. So, I'm keen to understand from you all, what are some of the main challenges treasurers are having in embracing ESG considerations? And what are some of the solutions to those? So, Ahmed, let's, uh, let, let, let's let you take on that question. What, uh, what are some of the challenges, but also so what are some of the solutions here that we're talking about?
1: Yeah, um, <clears throat> one of the main challenges uh, we see when we're dealing uh, generally with sustainable finance what we call the reputational risk. I will uh, try to touch upon this. So um, we think that banks and corporates should really have a professional approach uh, before labeling uh, of such dealing uh, financial solutions as green, social uh, or sustainable. So from our perspective, um, our take is that the best way to achieve it is to bring to our clients the right level of support and advisory. The idea is to enable them to rely on the most rigorous ESG frameworks, uh, preferably validated by second-party opinions, for instance. We can also rely on uh, large and common taxonomies like uh, the EU taxonomy one, which is a strong science-based green, let's say, dimension we could as well rely on KPI's uh, linked structures or uh, defined purpose principles, um, which are both derived from the Loan Market Association uh, guidelines. So, a concrete example of the rigor we are applying in designing our solutions- uh, based on internal KPIs of the corporate, for instance. Uh, Here, we need to make sure with our client- that its sustainability targets are core and material to its global ESG strategy, that they they address relevant and specific ESG challenges of the industry, uh, and also that those uh, KPIs are quantifiable and uh, ambitious enough. So in short, I would say that the treasurer should uh, be aware of this communication, uh, let's say reputational challenge, uh, when des- designing those ESG-driven financial solutions, and the ingredients uh, for our formula are simple. Uh, we're talking about materiality, transparency, and uh, we bring uh, ambition into the table.
0: Axel,
2: you know, I think that one of the of, of the challenge uh, also is that um, the treasury teams need to be really embarked in in, in the organization's uh, ESG strategy. And I think that it is important when it comes to sustainability uh, that Treasury uh, takes part together with finance because they can be a real facilitator. And I think they really have a role to play in the ESG transition of the organization. We've received some requests recently uh, to give carbon exposure uh, linked to our transactions and services and uh we've seen some clients also uh started to include uh these criteria in uh, uh for the selection of their uh banking partners in you know in and in include this in in the cash management r f p uh so we see that the work around uh data management uh is very important and uh, treasury teams uh, really have, you know, a a role to play in this field.
0: Now, we were talking at the beginning of this podcast about technology innovation and its intersection with sustainability, and that's where I want to focus now. So how important is the role of technology and digital transformation in enabling a company to succeed? in meeting their ESG and sustainability goals. It must be pretty important, Ahmed, is that right?
1: Yeah, indeed. Uh, technology and data uh, are definitely a game changer for the transaction banking industry in a whole. Um, as alluded to earlier, uh, the main reason for uh, the strong corporate demand for sustainable uh, transaction banking products is that banks have this unique access to transaction data through various products like cash pooling and supply chain finance programs, which definitely can be used to help companies manage the carbon impact of their operations. Um, Probably another example uh, of the importance of technology and data is in in the trade finance space is that we see uh, that the initiative launched by the ICC for creating a standardised assessment framework, Uh, we can say that everyone will agree that the success of this framework uh, is clearly linked to the ecosystem capacity for reaching sustainable trade data sources and bringing ESG assessment in real time and without unnecessary manual overhead. And this is where technology uh, plays all its parts.
2: Yes, and, and, and Ahmed, maybe I would add that also we see uh, uh, that treasurers expect more efficient processes and, and they somewhat link sustainability uh, to operational efficiency. And uh, we know that processes can sometimes be quite heavy uh, if we think about, you know, processes to open or close an account or recertifications, uh, exchanges of contracts, and etc. even sometimes the processing of certain transactions. And digitalization simplifies these procedures. It also helps reduce the use of paper, and I would say the irritation of our clients around it and enable to collect uh, and use better reliable data. So I think that the shift to electronic payments uh, will ease the extraction and and use of data. And uh, we will see applications to that, uh, to trace payables and receivables, to calculate carbon exposure, uh, and as such, probably offer also better alternatives. Banks have access to transaction data, um, and uh, we feel that it can be used to help corporates manage Uh, their carbon impact and uh, align to reach their contributions to sustainability goals.
0: Absolutely. And there's going to be a lot of innovation uh, that we will see emerge over the next few years, which will essentially help enable companies through the use of advanced technology to map out and indeed report and um, monitor uh, their progress on sustainability, but also, of course, as you say, their carbon footprint, um, which will give them uh, a good uh, visibility around how to make better progress on reducing their emissions uh, under, you know, uh, the need to do so. That will be one of the key trends, no doubt, that we will see in the coming years. Uh, I'm curious, though, I mean, across payments, cash management or in trade and supply chain finance, there will be other future trends. So, what for each of you would be the key trends that you think we will see develop and emerge over the next few years?
3: Okay, I'm happy to take this one Duncan. So, Mm -hmm. um, a bit related to what what you you presented earlier, a clear trend that we see is a need to scale up financing solutions for smaller suppliers and SME. Uh, We really see suppliers as a critical path to success are large corporates across all dimensions of the ESG, the E, the S and the G, Uh, but as you were mentioning, Duncan, there is a particular problematic uh, around carbon emissions, greenhouse gas emissions, when it comes to scope 3. And clearly, uh, on one hand, uh, we see that for corporates, it's much easier to take action on scope 1 and scope 2 rather than on scope 3. It's obvious you only have to take action on your own operations, uh, your electricity Providers and, and not on a multitude of suppliers. Um, and also, scope three emissions are typically far greater than scope one and two for large corporates. Uh, in several sectors, scope three emissions can easily represent more than 80% of the total emissions of the corporate. So, because of that, there is a, a strong focus of our corporate clients uh, on scope three reduction. Um, and us as financial institutions, really, we can try to assist uh, in two ways. Uh, help our corporates to estimate uh, their scope three emissions. And once this is done, uh, support our corporates to reduce the scope three emissions. Uh, and basically, what we do. Um, We can team up with companies who specialize on carbon disclosure, carbon estimation, supplier is Geodit, and namely uh, companies like Ecovadi's Carbon Disclosure Project, Elevate, and and there are others, of course. Um, And then back to what I was explaining earlier for sustainable supply chain finance, uh, we as a financial institution can provide financial incentives to suppliers. competitive cost of financing if they disclose carbon emissions uh, and at the second stage, uh, competitive cost of financing if they improve on their ESG performance. So it's a trend starting, uh, there is a lot to be done, of course, but we really see that as a four-parties partnership uh, between our corporate client, their suppliers, us as a bank and third-party uh, ESG assessment companies.
2: I think that uh, what's I- important is really what uh, what Nicola just said is that uh, you know the um, we are still in an evolving area and uh, and uh, we the corporate wants to partner really with the financial institutions uh, and on that topic particularly uh, banks are ready to discuss uh, to co-study and co-create solutions to support their clients' objectives and the overall, uh, you know, sustainability goals. And I think, well, this would really be the, the, the conclusion <laughs> of that podcast, right?
0: <laughs> well, that, that sounds good. And yeah, that's that's an important message. So Axel, uh, Nicola, and Ahmed, thank you very much for your time again. It's been great catching up and hopefully we can catch up again soon.
3: Thank you so much, Duncan. Thank you very much.